We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joining alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, we talked Monday, uh, did some DFS stuff. I, I, I'll be honest, I, I dropped the ball on this one. I did not tally our point total, so I don't know if... <laughs> that might be an excuse. No, I'm pretty certain I won. I, I, think <laughs> I had Ben Simmons in the lineup when he had his first triple-double. I, I feel Very like true. I'm... Actually, all 76ers fans should uh, reward me because I put Ben Simmons in there, and then lo and behold, he gets his first career triple-double. Yeah, that's probably because of you. I'll, I'll give that uh, to you. you. There you go. So Though I think, you were you were dogging Nikola Jokic on me, I think, there for a bit. In, I wasn't in, dogging him. I, was I just think you were a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know how you would fit in with that Nuggets offense. Yeah, that, that was we, understandable. We talked ad nauseum last year about how much... How great he is he gives that cross category production which is like my key phrase i feel like every yeah, time we do yeah. this podcast so no i wasn't dogging him i just didn't know how you <laughs> fit in with that offense that's fair no i mean he did have a, a couple of tough games to start with but it, it was about time he, he kind of had that big game so it looks like he and paul Millsap may have figured it out you're squashing my whole intro i just wanted to talk about how i went to wwe smackdown in milwaukee last night and oh man here we are, we're talking about basketball why are we even doing this I, where was this WWE? We want to talk about it. It was in Milwaukee. I know that you are not a WWE guy at right. all, so this is probably like like a completely different language to you. <laughs> Definitely, but I, I had an absolute blast at it, um, and surprisingly, I feel like my voice is still there for the most part. I talked on Monday how I wasn't wasn't feeling in tip top shape, and I right, can promise yeah. you that I am not feeling in tip top shape yet either. <laughs> so, so, do you have like a favorite wrestler? Or is well, it just like so the whole I, spectacle itself? Is? So I went, I went there, and I was wearing my my USO uh, shirt, which I got a couple years ago. And they flip flop between bad guys and good guys, but uh, they're they're still a fun tag team to watch. Right? Didn't really get to see them because they were on the announcing booth while a different match was going on. But 
Um, I think my favorite guy currently is Shinsuke Nakamura, who was um, from a different circuit and then came over to the WWE in just a little bit. This is this is probably all side conversation. No one needs to hear. You can skip ahead to like the four minute mark. And we'll be ready to go. But yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura is probably my favorite. I think his entrance is amazing, which is partially it. And then they just had a guy come up um, named Bobby Roode, who was also a veteran to like WWE guys and, and wrestling in general. Yeah, and he's got a fantastic entrance too. And I'll tell you what, Ben. I I was going like we bought the tickets to see those two guys myself and my fiance and neither of them actually wrestled on the show and I I don't know how disappointed I could like describe this to you the feeling of abandonment <laughs> I think a little bit like just I felt like I wasted all my money because neither of those guys entered that's like that uh, I really wanted to see were there you go to a Cavs game and they rest LeBron yes. Kevin Love oh my god that's a perfect yeah. analogy and it's NBA this is, this is fantastic <laughs> however. It would be like they said LeBron wasn't going to play, and then at two minutes before tip-off, we actually find out that LeBron is playing because oh, okay. Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode, while they didn't wrestle on the main show, they actually got to be – they were teased as the end, like the very end thing, kind of a house show where only us in Milwaukee, the people who attended, would be able to see it. Okay. We got to have their entrances. We got to have them act incredibly goofy, which is fantastic, and – it made the whole night for me. Right. So that's good. It was it was fantastic. a solid ending to a, a tough start. Yes, yes. So you know, got back uh, to the apartment around one o'clock, and it was about an hour and a half drive back from Milwaukee. And literally the whole time we were just talking about how great the entrances were <laughs> and how much time we had, fun we had too. So yeah, WWE great. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna have to take you one of these times so you actually can experience it. I don't know if I can handle it. That's like a man drama. I just I, I don't know if I can do it. I think if all I can all I can remember from WWE is. Is Sting in the Big Show, if that's even correct? Well, yeah, no, those are those okay. are both, right. Sting was uh, relevant quite a while ago, but he did make an appearance. I think what two years ago for like six months, and then he yeah. got injured. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen him yet. But they use him as advertisement ploy. And then Big Show has lost a lot of weight, but he's also <laughs> oh, he's an older guy good. now, and he still does stuff occasionally. But he's more used as that big intimidating person, right? That yeah, will make you look better once you beat him. <laughs> so that, that's basically it. I'm glad to know that you are really caught up and relevant. I'm tuned in. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some other man drama. Let's talk about the perfect lineup from last night's slate. Uh, really, I think the biggest takeaway, and we were kind of talking about in the office a little bit, uh, our resident basketball expert, DJ Trainer was saying, if you had Aaron Gordon in your lineup, you likely won. You likely won big. Uh, and that's what the perfect lineup says, too. So let's go over that. Darren Collison was the point guard. Three consecutive opponents going against the Timberwolves. Not a surprise there, given that Pacers have been a scoring machine lately. Darren Collison, one of those at 6,500 for the point guard spot. Corey Joseph, the other one, 3,900. Victor Oladipo, one of the shooting guards at 7,600 price tag. Mr. Jamal Crawford, uh, the hot, ice-cold machine, it feels like. I know that's a, a conundrum in itself. He's at 3,600 <laughs> price. Mr. LeBron, point guard James, 10,700 is the highest price guy in the perfect lineup. Evan Fournier against the Nets, 7,000. Aaron Gordon, like I mentioned, 8,000 for the power forward spot. Jason Tatum, who's really stepped up with that Gordon Hayward injury against the, uh, the Knicks, at least Tuesday, at 6,900 price tag. And Ennis Cantor, uh, 5,600 is the lone center in the FanDuel perfect lineup from Tuesday. Any takeaways from that, Ben? I think if you look at the top, I mean, obviously the Timberwolves didn't play defense yesterday. Right. Um, so that's that's a given with Collison, Joseph, and Old Depot on there. Um, I actually had LeBron and Aaron Gordon in my lineup, too, So uh, from last night. So that was clutch. I, I definitely cashed last night. Um, I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway, I loved the Cavs lineup. I think that was super fun. Obviously, they didn't play defense either. Right. Uh, I right. think the Bulls had the, the lead at the half and, and kind of ran it all the way into the, the fourth quarter there. Um, but I do, I do love seeing LeBron, you know, point in, in kind of that lineup with Tristan in there too, and bringing Rose off the bench, even though Rose didn't play. Um, 
Uh, but bringing Dwayne Wade off the bench, I should say, is what I was looking for. I read so many opinions that it's like, all right, fade the Cavaliers because they're going to end up crushing the Bulls and whatever else, yada, yada, yada. And my first thought, we're too early in the season to be to assume anybody's going to be crushing anybody. We talked Monday about how we thought the Warriors were going to destroy the Mavs, and I correctly predicted that that was going to be a competitive True. contest. Yeah. And it was for three quarters. I mean, it ended up being that the Warriors kind of smushed the Mavs by the end. Yeah. But we saw guys like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, really get a lot of FanDuel production, and especially in tournament lineups, you might not have seen people use them. We saw that same thing happen with the Cavs, yeah. who were competitive against the Bulls for the most part, and that's that's astounding to me, honestly. No, yeah, Definitely. Um, let's go ahead and I guess get into the Wednesday's 10 game slate. We had, I think eight games on Monday. So an additional two here that we're blessed with to go on DFS wise. Uh, let's kick it off right away with the Timberwolves and Pistons starting at seven o'clock Eastern time tip off a pretty big injury, but not really injury. I suppose illness here to keep mind of Jimmy Butler will be a game time decision. He was a late scratch from yesterday's, uh, contest with that illness. Shabazz Muhammad started in his place. That really wrecked a lot of people's lives for Tuesday. Again, we were talking about that in the office. And uh, if you had Aaron going in your lap, great, you won. If you had Jimmy Butler in there, uh, great, you lost. <laughs> so <laughs> right. this is another one of modern... And Anthony Davis, who ended up getting yes, kicked true. out yeah, too I, early I after like five say, minutes. Uh, yeah. Pour one out for my season-long fantasy team that we just drafted. <laughs> a, it's a, At least at Rotoware, we have like a, a mini competition in the office. It's a 20-team a auction league. So... Basically, you have you have one guy, and if your one guy does bad, uh, well, you're done for the year. Right. So, yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis is on my team. I knew that was a slippery slope to, to get down <laughs> anyway. Uh, I didn't anticipate three games into the season we would be dealing with this stuff. So, yeah, poor one out to my uh, Rotowire big D, uh, big team. Season 20 team, team. that's crazy. Yeah, um, but going back to your DFS, Jimmy Butler again, game time decision with the illness. If he didn't play last night, my, my in- inclination is that he's not playing tonight. And if that's the case... Shabazz Muhammad ends up being a really, really good value play at the small forward spot. I think he's only about 3,000 or close to it at the yeah, minimum. Yeah, he's dead minimum. He had 20 FanDuel points last night. Nothing crazy there, um, but there's obviously a little more upside that he could have. You know, he, he played 31 minutes, and that's what you're looking for in, in a minimum, guys, is that that big, big, you know, starter's workload. Um, so I think, yeah, if Jimmy Butler does play and you're, and you're trying to stack, you know, the top of your lineup with some 10,000 guys, uh, Muhammad's some, you know, something you can consider. Absolutely. I mean, you're only going to get points from, I mean, we talk about the cross-category production. I feel like this is going to turn into a drinking game at some point for the DFS <laughs> listeners. Every time right. I say that, it's all right, take a shot. Uh, we don't encourage drinking at all here on the show. Never, but, never. Uh, yeah, I think that you're even if a guy's at 3,000 price tag, he got 30 minutes, 31 minutes last night. And I anticipate that probably is the same thing, especially given the young legs, a back-to-back situation for the Timberwolves, that I think Shabazz does end up playing quite a bit if Butler is ruled out. And again, he was a late scratch last night. What's to say that he feels any better today? Right. The only the only tough thing there is with it's with illnesses specifically. A lot of times teams you know wait till much closer to tip um, to yeah. kind of figure that out. Although you know because this is the first game of the slate, we we hopefully you know still get something a little quicker than that. You're right, and and we'll be able to put it together that way. Right. That's, that's a good call. I mean that obviously definitely one to monitor. At least in my opinion, I think that drastically changes how you can do lineups, and we'll get into it a little bit how we're kind of constructing things. But that one is a pivotal late game injury illness thing that I want to keep watch of as we're projecting our lineups moving forward. All right, going over to the Nuggets Hornets, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Uh, the other Hernan Gomez as well, probably end up calling him for the rest of the year. <laughs> He's going to be out with Mono. Uh, that, that's a tricky injury, and I suspect that the Nuggets will probably be missing his services for quite a while. The Hornets side, we have a few injuries, especially one to note here. Michael Carter-Williams going to be out with a knee injury. Okay, fine. But Cody Zeller, game-time decision, missed the last two games. Frank Kaminsky has been the main beneficiary of that. I watched the Bucks. 
Hornets game that took place on Monday, Kaminsky was a stud. He was knocking down the three-pointers. He had all those crafty maneuvers. Obviously, he's a friend of the podcast. I, I was able to speak with him last week and kind of uh, have a really good talk with him. That was a cool one. That's all, Yeah, that's uh, super awesome. Little, again, self-promotion. I feel like that's all I do in this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked Kaminsky's game quite a bit. And if Sellers out, he's a sneaky candidate to be able to use for DFS lineups. Definitely, definitely. He's played uh, really well. He actually, I don't know if you saw it when he dunked over Giannis yes, in, I, in that I last game. That that was, definitely didn't see that coming. Uh, but um, yeah, 33 point Fandle game, 25 point Fandle game, the last two without Cody Zeller. That's pretty solid production um, for a low 5,000s um, price. And Dwight Howard also was obviously a star. I think he had 20 plus rebounds yeah, against yeah. the Bucks. I don't. I don't anticipate that changing, frankly, against the Nuggets. The Nuggets. I think that Howard probably gets at least double-digit rebounds, and that alone makes him a, a valuable play, I think, in DFS purposes, because you're just expecting any points. Yeah, him. I think he only had like eight points in the last game or something like that for just regular points, right. and then just 20 boards or something crazy like missed, that. Yeah. Uh, he missed eight free throws against the Bucks. So if, right. he makes, if he makes half of those, that's a difference maker in DFS purposes. So Dwight Howard, want to consider. I think Frank Kaminsky, if you want to kind of go contrarian as a lower option at the, the power forward spot, I think that's one to look at too definitely um and then michael carter gilchrist Gilchrist, we've been talking about him for a little bit uh he's been out for personal reasons he's expected to make his season debut tonight wednesday here uh and that should push Dwayne bacon back to the bench role one of the best names in the nba currently and definitely in dfs purposes (laughs) Dwayne bacon actually had a pretty decent role for dfs wise for the last couple days so you're losing a valuable mid-tier guy i think with kid gilchrist coming back yeah and i'm not so sure i love playing kid gilchrist right out of the gates either no, i wouldn't either. um you know t- he's kind of a guy that usually sits in the mid 5000s yes and then you know he has that you know cross category like we just said the drink again <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um but um he, he's one of those guys that you you occasionally try you know jump as, as a lower lower guy in there um but i'm still first night out i'm not I'm not I'm not risking that. Yeah, and normally the Nuggets are a great team to target, but I'm not quite sure that's the case this season. I think we're still kind of trying to wait and see. I want to give it another week before we start looking at those defense positioning rankings uh, really, really strongly. But at the same time, I agree with you. Kid Gilchrist is normally a guy I love to target as a mid-tier small forward, and that's not going to be my situation, at least for yeah. the next this week. So, uh, Rocket 76ers, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Uh, obviously, we know that Chris Paul is going to be out for another month or so with the knee injury. Uh, Trevor Ariza will be out. This is this is to me one of the biggest um, non-major injuries on the DFS slate tonight because that means PJ Tucker, who we talked about in the initial podcast, could be a main beneficiary of that, and he's getting these under five thousand price tags. So PJ Tucker likely to be starting in place of Trevor Ariza. That's a huge deal, I think. Yeah, I think Tucker is definitely one of the the better value plays that we can talk about tonight. Um, he's a guy that fills it up across the stat sheet as well but um if he if he gets a start you know hopefully there, there's more opportunities for points he's not he doesn't he doesn't really score in bunches which can be a limiting factor yeah it's rebounds the assists the steals um, everything like that um so if he can you know up his points totals which is you know definitely a possibility with you know another guy like Ariza out um i think that's that's definitely a great play and here's the thing that game's gonna be competitive you look at the rocket 76ers last year and you say okay that's a blowout for the rockets that's not the case this year. I know no, the 76ers yeah, don't yeah. have the greatest record, but at the same time, this will be a game to, I, I think, a showcase game for the 76ers in particular, and I expect them to be coming and playing hard, which means the Rockets will as well. Obviously, the Prince Bahamute might 
get that start instead, but I anticipate that uh, P.J. Tucker will be the main beneficiary of Therese's injury. Yeah, Tucker's the guy there. Yeah. 76ers side, Rashawn Holmes, again, out for at least another week with the wrist injury. Uh, Markel Fultz, I'm not going to really discuss it too much because that's more of a NBA podcast thing and a DFS podcast thing, but uh, he's got that shoulder thing going on. He is he's completely unusable for me until we start Definitely, seeing yep. a normal shot from him. Yeah, he can't even lift his arm over his shoulder right now, so I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the deal is there. Usually with the Sixers, they're... They're a team to just completely arrest their injured player like Simmons yeah. and Embiid. So it's, it's kind of weird that they're letting him play. But, um, yeah, that's that's definitely someone to, to kind of avoid at this point. Absolutely. The Cavaliers and Nets, um, you know, Cavs, again, weren't able to really put away the Bulls until late. Uh, right. I don't think that's going to be the same. Or I don't think – I think that's going to be the same case, as I should say, uh, on a back-to-back against the Nets. 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Derek Rose, again, will be out with the ankle injury. So maybe another point LeBron game. However – we are on the back-to-back. We know that LeBron is getting rested a little bit more as he's getting later in his career. There's a chance where he might not have that same viability that he did against the Bulls Tuesday. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a little worried on this one. You know, if, if it was if it was a good opponent, if they're playing like the Raptors or right. the Celtics or something like that, I wouldn't be so worried because you know it's early in the season. But back to back playing the Nets, why do you really need to you know give Bron like a, a 35 minute workload? So I wouldn't be too surprised if he had his minutes scaled back just a little bit. Obviously, he's gunning for the MVP. He discussed that at the beginning of the season. I I know that LeBron is going to be playing most of the time, and I get that. I'm a little, I'm wary as you are that I'm not quite sure, especially at 10,700. He's the highest priced small forward right. on the slate. I know he's playing point guard. I know that's great. We we saw how good he could be Tuesday against the Bulls. I'm wary of it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Sean Kilpatrick, the only guy in the Nets really uh, going to be a game time decision with personal stuff going on right now. Not really a fantasy relevant guy anyhow, though. Pacers, Thunders, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Miles Turner with the concussion has missed the last three games, but he is um, a game time decision. He's been in concussion protocol. That's a bigger deal because the Pacers have been so higher pace scoring this season. Um, I know that a little foreset foreshadowing we always do this it feels like in podcasts that you do have a pacers guy that you like absolutely quite a bit yeah. and he's one of the main beneficiaries of this miles miles turner injury um at the same time the pacers as a whole have no defense this is this is a counterculture to what we've seen for the past four or five years on that team they're allowing a ton of points and i think against the thunder this is going to be a really really good fantasy matchup to target yeah especially with you know a guy like turner who's their Arguably, arguably their best player. Um, not, not even arguably. But. Uh, yeah, I, was gonna say, <laughs> I, I couldn't name one um, I think is better than him. But yeah, that, that opens kind of a lot of a lot of room for some of those guys in the front court, which which you said we'll talk about a little later. But um, I think yeah, it's, this is a great game to, to kind of consider. You know, throwing your hat in. And we'll we'll get to it a little bit. Um, but I am curious. Do you feel like Carmelo Anthony, um, who to this point really hasn't been a DFS star as we've seen it earlier in his career, is he going to have some viability with the Pacers in particular being his matchup, given how bad they have been defensively to start the season? I think I think there's plenty plenty of variability there. I'm not sure how much how much is Anthony priced. You yeah, know? I'm, I had to look too. I, I wonder if he's not going to be one of those players that you can get a little bit cheaper. Seventy six hundred. It looks like the upswing. That's the, like you're looking right. at the upswing players, and Anthony to me feels like that could be the case. But it's not horrible uh, of a price. I, I'd definitely consider it, but. You know, it's still tough when he's kind of running alongside Westbrook and, and George to to really love, you know. And again, using he's him. listed as a power forward on FanDuel, which I think makes a big difference. I discussed earlier how there's not a lot of depth at that power forward spot. It's heavy at the top, and then I think it's actually heavy in the bottom where there's a couple of guys that you could use that you're like, all right, shrug your shoulders and play. Yeah. Where I don't want to necessarily pay 7500 for it. I spot. think you're right. Tonight's slate kind of has a few guys in that lower power forwards, uh, you know. 
um, zone, the, the low 4,000s yeah. in there that I kind of do like. So there, I, There's I think, some viability right, in that spot. Right. Absolutely. Well, I guess we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. Uh, moving out of the Spurs and Heat, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know Tony Parker will be out. Kawhi Leonard will be out. And then uh, Laverne, who's not really been a huge guy for the, the Spurs, is also going to be out. Kawhi Leonard, again, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gay have been the main beneficiary. DeHonte Murray has been really a breakout candidate for the Spurs in their undefeated streak so far this season with Tony Parker out. I like him quite a bit. Um, I don't think that's foreshadowing at all. I think for a guy that's under 6000 priced, it's a fantastic option, despite the fact that the Heat defense is pretty darn good. Yeah, I think Murray's going to be great. He had a double-double with rebounds in the last I game. I know. That, that came out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, if, he, if he's still sitting in the 5,000s or whatever he is, that, that's completely me, fine with me. And, you know, Patty Mills is not even a factor at right, this point. right. I mean, Which is super surprising. Makes me feel more confident because we know Hassan Whiteside will be out with a knee injury. He's going to miss his third straight game. Uh, that's a huge defensive presence there. And I, you know, I think the advanced metrics would say that Whiteside's not nearly as good as some of his counting stats suggest. But still a big guy that can make blocks, can alter shots that, um, you know, Dante Murray will be able to get into the uh, rim and make those plays. So I, I think that's good news. But it's also good news for DFS owners because that means that Jordan Mickey will likely get the start. However, Kelly Olynyk will likely be the one that produces more. At least that's what we've seen the last three games. Also opens the floor for James Johnson, um, who to this point has kind of been one of those, I don't know, we, we discuss it quite a bit as the Buddy Heald sort of breakout player last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was around 5000 priced. That would do much better. I think that this is more of like the Marvin Williams breakout player, who's <laughs> like a 6000 price guy you feel confident in. That's what James Johnson is, at least to me tonight, at 6500 for the power four spot. Again, we did talk about not wanting to pay it for Carmelo Anthony at seven thousand. Well, I'll take a thousand dollar difference for a guy that's going to put similar production like James Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. He hasn't been looking as much for his shot this year as he did last year, I think. But he's still he's, he's kind of filling it up, uh, you know, across the stat sheet. It's still a solid play without a white side there. And then a, a lot of fantasy owners sometimes try to avoid guys on the bench, but. I still like Olenek. I think that's going to be a very good play tonight. He double-doubled in the last game. Yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's, I think that's a really solid play. And that's what we talked about with those lower-tier four, mm-hmm. um, yep. power forwards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, they're open there. I think right. Deion Waiters is going to be a game-time decision with his ankle, and then Goran Dragic is expected to play with that thigh injury, and he'll take the starting uh, point guard spot as usual. Grizzlies Mavericks, 8.30 tip-off time. Jermichael Green's still out. Ben McLemore still out. Wayne Selden, again, not a huge guy. Game-time decision missed the last three games. On the other side, Mavericks Seth Curry will be out, and then Devin Harris will be a game-time decision following the tragic death of his brother. Um, you know, prayers out to the, the Harris Definitely, family. Definitely, yep. Wisconsin a, native for exactly sure. Yep. Say, yeah, Wisconsin native. So um, hearts out to him uh, and really the rest of the Mavericks staff too because I'm sure they're all feeling that. Jazz and Sun, 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Now we're going way, way back in the 10 o'clock times here. <laughs> uh, really two injuries to note here. Um, well, I guess one's not an injury, but we'll get to it. Rodney Hood, game-time decision with the calf injury. If he does not play, we're going to see a little bit of rookie Donovan Mitchell or Joe Johnson potentially. Johnson was a guy last year that ended up having some DFS viability, especially on that team. Um, and I could see a similar type of situation happening because I don't think Mitchell has the skills to do it yet in what looks to be a good matchup against the Suns. Yeah, Johnson's questionable. I don't it's not a guy I'm like actually targeting. Um he he'll definitely be one of the guys that benefits. In in Mitchell, Mitchell's a super interesting case just cuz he's a rookie. Um he's getting minutes. He played 30 in the last game mm. and t- but then you know the previous two was 22 and 20. But I think if if Hood sits out that's going to be another potential 30 minute workload for him cuz he's going to play some point guard, you know, with Dante Exum out for the year. Yeah. That's kind of boosted his point guard minutes then he could shift over a little bit. He's got that, you know, position variability there. Um so I I think the upside's questionable on him. 
But if he does get that full 30 minute workload, that's a that's a potential, you know, last second throw it in a you know, tournament play if you if you can't find anything else. Well, type of guy. If I'm wrong, but Donovan Mitchell isn't necessarily a guy that's known for his scoring ability. Correct. Right. I don't. I mean, it's questionable. I'm, I didn't. <laughs> we I wasn't questionable on this. We talk about Joe Johnson. Yeah. Questionable. Donovan Mitchell is a questionable. I didn't watch him too much in, in college. Um, so I missed out there. I mean, he had 19 points in the last okay. game. So it yeah. can't be. He can't be horrible. Again, it's a good matchup because we're talking about the Suns that still seem in self-combustion mode. That's not a pun intended on their name. Yeah. Um, Eric Bledsoe likely not going to be playing because we're still waiting to hear what's going to happen following his, his barbershop Twitter snafu. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, who's taking the place if and when Bledsoe is expected to be traded or just not played uh, Wednesday? Do we know yet? I think Mike James started for him. <laughs> Okay. In the last game, but okay. I mean, it's like he, I think James had like twenty, just over twenty Fanduel points or something like that. Um, but I mean, there's also Tyler Ulis is in the fold mm-hmm. there, so that's mm-hmm. kind of some questionable, uh, you know. There, it's not a situation I love, um, and I'd kind of rather maybe trend towards some other guys on the Suns, uh, some of the bigger guys mm-hmm. that, that could potentially take you know Bledsoe's um, touches there. Um, but yeah, I think Mike James is the guy that's probably the start for him. I'm I'm now a little bit more intrigued in that Donovan Mitchell thing, especially if Bledsoe, um, as we're both expecting, will not play. So that's that's one to keep an eye on moving forward. Wizards Lakers another 10:30 Eastern time tip off. Markeith Morris can be out. Jason Smith not a huge DFS guy anyway is a game time decision. On the other side of that, Andrew Bogut will be a game time decision dealing with migraines. Uh, I don't want to give any airtime at all. To this Lonzo Lavar ball stuff, no. like I, that's I'm done. I'm the whole reason that this has happened is because everyone is giving him mic time. So I'm I'm not talking about quit that giving him mic time. You're right, but I'm <laughs> going to discuss that fact. That I think John Wall is going to do well because he yes. is going to be playing for those reasons. So right. to me, I think he is one of the more um, lock. I think he's. I feel very confident that John Wall of all the ten thousand guys. Price guys is going to be one that will achieve close to four or five times value his price. Yeah, we saw Marcin Gortat on Twitter just calling out Lonzo as well, saying um, that Wall's going to absolutely go off. So I mean, then he has to if Gortat says it. John Wall has to. I think Wall try to back it up. You know, obviously people, you know, it's situational. You try to, um, but I really think that he'll be able to do that in the most part. No, I agree. Wall's one of my favorite, you know, higher price guys on the this this slate. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Raptors Warriors, the last game of the ten game slate to discuss. Another ten thirty Eastern time tip tip off. Valanciunas will be out. Um, more Serge Ibaka center minutes. That's also uh, Jacob Pertzel more minutes as well. You know, I think that that's actually not an intriguing play either. Uh, I hope I said his name correctly. I had to look it up on <laughs> Basketball Reference at least fourteen times, and I, I still feel like is that, that is that correct. It just looks so wrong. No, you just, I'm kidding. You just, you just run through it as fast as you can. Again, that's my my radio <laughs> training is that you run through a name you can't say as fast as you can, and hopefully no. Nobody uh, picks up on it, unless, of course, you yourself pointed out, and now we have a 30-minute... Yeah, when you have to play him, too, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Pirtle is definitely intriguing, especially with Lucas Noguera. I mean, Valanchunas is out already, but, you know, Lucas Noguera um, started for him in the last game, uh, and Pirtle kind of, you know, flipped minutes with him, but Pirtle still saw more. I think he had, like, 24 minutes to... Noguera's like 19 or something. But yeah, with Noguera dealing with an injury, that could only go more in Pirtle's favor. So I think that's definitely, you know, center. If you're looking to go cheap at center. I feel like the Raptors are built for you just to mess up their names uh, when you're getting through. I mean, look, the the four guys that we're discussing here, Valanchunas, Pirtle, and and DeRozan. Even DeRozan, if you look at it, you're like, huh, (laughs) I... Not quite positive how I want to say that, too. It's like they're, they're just built <laughs> right. for us to struggle over the name. So thanks a lot, Dinosaurs. Uh, I appreciate that you guys are struggling on the opposite side of that match. Of course, the Warriors, really no relevant injuries to note. I think that this is a situation where you feel comfortable 
if we're talking about Monday that we thought they're going to run through the Mavericks, you definitely feel comfortable for the Warriors going to come out and play well against a Raptors team that does have Eastern Conference aspirations. Right, right. Uh, so let's get down to our questions right now. Normally break down with two. I have a feeling we're going to have to just diss one of them based on time here. So I'll give you this, Ben. Which lineup would fare better? One in which you have to pay for the 10,000-plus Carl Anthony Towns at the center spot or one in which you have to play both of the top two power forwards, my boy LaMarcus Aldridge, and the other one being Ben Simmons. You got to love Towns' price at just 10100 That's super, super nice for him. Um, but I'm still leaning more towards the top two power forward guys, Aldridge and, and Simmons. Um, Aldridge has been playing way better than expected to start the year. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard's still out, so he's going to get as many touches as he wants. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, you mentioned his triple double. He's coming off his first career. I think he was the, first, the quickest guy to get a triple double in his career. One of the quickest. I think that there was a shoot, there was a guy that I've never heard of before in the 1960s that also did it. Yeah. And then, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I can't name this. It was an all time great. Anyway, I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. The only thing that would make me change my mind here is because of that power forward thing we talked about. You know, the cheaper guys there that, that's, that could help, you know, get some other higher price guys in the lineup. That's exactly why I brought up the question because I actually lean towards the opposite yeah. way. I think Carl Anthony Towns at ten thousand one hundred, you might not see him much cheaper than this uh, to start the season. There's a lot of great centers on the slate, and there's also a lot of lower price guys too. We just talked about one with the Raptors again. I'm not going to have to say his name again until I have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of lower price guys that are available at that spot. At the same time, I think for your lineup and to have a lineup that is the best, that's going to fare the best. I want to have um, Carl Anthony Towns in there, and then I'll use those lower price power forwards to open up room for a guy like John Wall, a guy like James Harden, even a guy like Kevin Durant, whichever one you prefer, who right. you prefer, because yeah. that's that's the way we're going with this. So I agree that I think the two power forwards end up scoring more than Carl Anthony Towns does. I think that's that's fair to say, but I think your overall lineup would look better if you have a Carl Anthony Towns, and then you figure out the cheaper stuff elsewhere. Yeah, and I think, yeah, like you said, it's, it's especially true just because you got those cheaper options, that power forward available. So um, it, it kinda, it's kind of tough to, to, to limit yourself if you go with the, the top two price guys. For time purposes, I'll move past the second question and kind of discuss it in both of our lineups here. Let's go ahead and look at the RotoWire Optimizer lineup. Again, this is without a lot of the injuries that likely to come in place as we're writing this out um, when they're all kind of announced a little bit later in the afternoon. But on the surface, this is one of the better lineups that I think the Optimizer has put together since we've done the podcast this new season. John Wall against uh, Lonzo Ball and the Lakers at 10,200. Kyle Lowry, the other point guard for the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, against the Warriors at 7,100. We see bench version Dwayne Wade against the Nets at 5,100 for the shooting guard. And the other one being the only 3,000 price guy, actually only guy 3,000 plus, Andre Roberson against the Pacers. I kind of like that because the Pacers, again, allowing a lot of points so far. LeBron James against the Nets, 10,700. The optimizer says, no way, Jose, I'm not worried about the double back-to-back games. And then Rudy Gay, the other <laughs> small forward option against the Heat at 5,300. Derek Favors against the Suns at 5,600 for one of the power forward spots. And then uh, Marvin Williams, who I love quite a bit, as always, and he will remain dear to my heart after last season uh, multiple times, but against the Nuggets at 4,200. Another interesting lower price power forward guy that you could use, especially with the injuries that we talked about with the Hornets. Finally, the uh, center for the RotoWire Optimizer lineup, Kevin Love against the Nets at 8,300. Optimizer is all for the Cavaliers stack against the Nets. What are your thoughts? I, like you said, this is kind of a, it's a decent lineup. I, I don't have too many gripes with it. I think Dwayne Wade's a guy I, I don't really love. Um, I, that just might be because he's old. I'm sick of him. 
Yeah, I just don't want to use him. I don't know. I just I just don't think he has that big of upside, especially coming off the bench. He can't shoot anymore. Not that he ever could that well, but right. um, I, I don't love that play. And Roberson's questionable. I guess I mean it's a minimum guy, so you're not expecting right. him to have something huge. But it's tough when you got Carmelo Anthony, Westbrook, um, Paul George to do anything. You know, so right. um, I think that even limits an upside of a three thousand player. And he's a he's a defensive guy first, so I'm still kind of not on board with that. But otherwise, I think. It does really well. I like Marvin Williams. Um, I, I'm surprised. Normally he's a 5,000 guy at 4,200, right, yeah. especially with those injuries taking place and the fact that the Nuggets have a lot of guys that can go different way. Uh, like you can go with a big lineup. You can go with a small lineup. Yeah, yeah. Williams' versatility could be a big deal, and I think I could see him getting a lot of minutes at 4,200. I will say this, though. Your thoughts on the Rotoware Optimizer lineup will depend solely on if you think the Cavaliers will play well or, uh, I mean, keep the competition against the Nets, or if you think they will blow them out or just choose not to play a lot of those guys. Right, right. And I lean towards the latter of that statement, and I think that's, in result, I'm not a huge fan of the Cavs stack against the Nets. I don't think the Nets are that bad, and I wonder if the Cavs aren't going to be kind of be a little cautious after the back-to-back. We, we talk about this all the time. Uh, again, it's early in the season. They shouldn't have that issue yet, but I am a little concerned with that. Yeah, and it gives you pause. It gives you pause there, and that's never something you like when you're when you're putting <laughs> exactly. together a, a lineup. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're comfortable with it, go ahead. But um, it's definitely something to at least consider before you know stacking your lineup with Cavs. Well, let's go ahead and see if you, in fact, Ben did consider using Cavs in your lineup. So we're going to go ahead and go break down our lineups. Of course, we have John Wall. We discussed that a little bit earlier. I think that's about the safest ten thousand plus option you can use for tonight's slate. I think there were, I think there are six, which I thought was a little surprising, given there's ten games. Going on, I thought there'd be more, but yeah, John Wall at ten thousand two hundred is in both of our lamps. However, we differ at the point guard spot. Ben, I'll let you introduce your second guy here because uh, I have some questions. <laughs> oh, now you got me no, worried. That's not, that's no, um, I have Steph Curry. Um, still, I still love his price. That's that's the big thing here. Ninety four hundred. I think he was ninety two on yes. on Monday. He did great. Yeah, played awesome. Um, that's definitely the biggest biggest reason there and I'm not too worried about any sort of blowout potential you know the Raptors are you know solid uh, I don't expect them to absolutely just crush them over 45 fan points in the last few games um, I just think at that price why not you know he's, he's a guy that can throw up 60 70 fan points just randomly so um, I'm, I'm fully on board with that but does he do that against the Raptors that's that's my thing I agree the 9,400 9, price is great yeah the Raptors still have that defense Kyle Lowry True. is going to right. just follow him around. And I know he'll still get his points. But if we're talking about Steph Curry getting uh, 45 Fandle points compared to my guy, Dehante Murray, who I have in there at 5,900, do you think Steph Curry is more guaranteed to get 45 points than Murray getting 30 points? Because that's all we need for that five times value for his price. I lean towards Murray. I, I almost think 30 Fandle points is an automatic. He's gotten that every single game he's played so far. Whereas Steph Curry, yes, probably will get 45 against the Raptors. Right, right. But that's a tougher matchup. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a valid argument. Um, Murray's priced pretty well, but he's still almost at like 6,000. Um, I don't know. just man. asking him to get 30 fandoms. Right, right. You know? I, I, I think that I think I go Murray. I think I go Murray every time. And that's not <laughs> because, again, it's not because I don't like Steph Curry um, and we know what his potential is. I think Curry probably makes for an intriguing tournament lineup as opposed to a double right. up or a head to head lineup. At the same time, I feel really good that Murray gets at least 30 Fandle points, if not more. Uh, and again, the Heat, that's his matchup he's playing against. A good defensive team, too, especially Goran Dragic is back. 
I still lean towards Murray and I do that 10 times out of 10. No, that's valid. I just, I'm just stuck on the prices right here for, for, for Curry. Well, we're not playing that game right now. We're playing, <laughs> Ben tells us his DFS lineup and Ben, we're going with Ben, uh, not going with Ben Booker. We're going with Devin Booker, 7,300. I, I liked him Monday. He ended up doing pretty darn well for that Suns team. He's the only scorer. However, he is going against the Jazz. The Jazz being like the kryptonite to all DFS lineups. Why Devin Booker of all the shooting guard options? Normally, that's that's definitely a team I try and avoid. You know, we talk about this, the Jazz stingy defense all the time, but you know, this is this goes back to Eric Bledsoe sitting out. Mm. Um, Booker is going to have the usage. He's, his usage is climbing. Um, it's it's the Booker show now. Yes. Like, it, it's it's all his. So um, he's only seventy three hundred. It's not like he's you know scary yeah. scary numbers. Um, so I, I just think that he's the guy that that could blow up at any moment. He, he would he have like a sixty point game last year, seventy yeah, something. Yeah, like he that. Had, it was something well, crazy. He, he took like forty shots. So yeah, which I, sure I mean, which could that, be the case again. I mean, there's. Yeah. I mean, not saying obviously that's the not jazz gonna aren't going to regularly happen. The jazz aren't going to allow him to take sixty shots. Right, again. the pace will be down, so you, right. you're not going to have that many shots. But I just I still love that price at seventy three hundred. A guy that is literally the only focal point on that offense, and also has the talent to be the focal point. Right, I agree with you. I'm not nearly as worried about that as say a guy like Steph Curry against the Raptors um I, I like I think for what he is it's, it's okay um and then obviously you have Contavious Caldwell Pope as your other shooting guard option I think that's an intriguing name one we haven't really talked about much this season so far and definitely one the optimizer hasn't been normally a fan of so what's your thoughts with Contavious Caldwell Pope yeah I mean he missed the first few games on suspension uh, made his debut Sunday had 30.9 FanDuel points um, so that's a good start. You know, I think when he was with the Pistons last year, we saw him kind of put up some pretty big numbers at times. And I think when he's still, I think his price is still rising at this point. So I want to get him on, you know, on this lower, you know, 5,300 price. And I think that's that's my biggest reasoning there. I could see his price rising too, but I really think that Otto Porter and uh, Kelly Oubre are going to be good, better defenders and they kind of match up really well with Contavious Caldwell Pope, where it's a situation where you're not expecting crazy production but at 5500 that's that's well worth the shot in my opinion my shooting guards jeremy lamb i've been using him i think just about every podcast and he's been able to get exactly what i'm looking for five times the value and at 5600 i think he does again especially against the nuggets team that we know is not great defensively there uh they're still having questions about who they're playing at the point guard and shooting guard spot so give me jerry jeremy lamb at that price every single time the other shooting guard option i have it's a little questionable if i had six or more dollars i would try to bump up to the Devin Booker range, but I'm going with Eric Gordon against the 76ers, especially with Chris Paul out. I like what Gordon can do. And again, I think that Rocket 76ers game will be compelling. I think it will be a compelling matchup. We're expecting a lot of points from Gordon for him to be able to get that five times value, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. No, I think Gordon's Gordon's a fine play in my opinion. He's definitely expensive for for what he is. You know, he's a he's a scorer. He doesn't do much else. Right. But he's definitely had some big games already. And like you said, with no Chris Paul, he's going to get monster minutes so exactly. it's, it's completely fine with me uh another 76er rockets match we're both on pj tucker at 4400 i think he's the best value of the dfs slate as we know currently so i think that that's that's an obvious play and i expect that he'll have pretty high ownage rate in head-to-heads and double ups um we differ on our power for i'm sorry we differ on our small forward spot but that's likely because of where you paid up with steph curry um i'm going with the other opposite Warrior guy in that matchup, Kevin Durant at 10,100. He's matchup proof in my mind more so. I don't think there's anybody in the league, maybe besides Giannis, that can cover Kevin Durant. Um, Raptors will do their best, obviously, but he's a guy that to me, I feel more confident that he'll get his close to 50 points as opposed to Steph Curry when Kyle Lowry's covering him. So, um, yeah, that, that's the other power forward. Um, that's the other small forward I got. And for, frankly, I tried to get three 10,000 guys into my lineup, and it was pretty close, pretty close to be able to do that. Couldn't quite squeeze it out. 
I think that as we start to see more injuries develop here and kind of get announced, there's a chance that you could have somebody like Carl Anthony Thomas right. also yep. sneak into that lineup. But as it is, John Wall, Kevin Durant, my two highest-priced guys, I feel pretty good about that. And then on your side, uh, we won't discuss it too much, Alan Crabtree. Really, like, the sole usage guy besides uh, Russell, I'm, I'm blanking on his first name right now. D'Angelo. Yes, thank you, D'Angelo yeah. Russell. Um, for the Nets, if you think the Cavaliers-Nets game is going to be competitive, I think Crabtree, or Crabtree, yeah, sure. <laughs> Michael let's, Crabtree? Yeah, let's talk about Michael <laughs> Crabtree. Let, you know, let's talk about Tom <laughs> Crabtree, too, for the Packers, formerly the Packers. Uh, no, Alan Crab. Well, at 4800 I think it's a fine price. Yeah, he was but dealt with an ankle injury throughout the preseason. His minutes were kind of questionable to start the year, but they're, they're ramping up, and I think that's a solid play, you know, especially with Jeremy Lin out now. So um, he's, he's getting plenty of run. Uh, very quickly, we'll run through our power forwards. We talked about Kelly Olenek, uh, Spurs, 5500 price tag. That's who he's going against. I, I, I Until further notice, I think he's definitely a play that we want to use. Um you have Sabonis, um, Pacers, guys against scoring quite a bit. I don't blame you for that 4800 for the price tag. I like him quite a bit in season-long league, so I think he has some viability in DFS too. James Johnson is my guy. I talked about him a little bit earlier. At $6,500, i am just I'm expecting both Olenek and Johnson to do something. So uh, you get both those guys in there, one of them – not go off, but should do enough to, to have some versatility there. Yeah, and that, that's kind of why I'm in on Olenek, too. I, I just think he has he's going to take you know the most of you know Whiteside's kind of touches down in the post. So I, I like that. And then you have Dwight Howard as your center at 7,900. Um, we talked about his 20-plus rebounds that he against the Bucks against the Nuggets and Jokic. It's probably going to be a different scenario, but at the same time, uh, Hornets are still trying to be competitive. Obviously, we're beginning of the season, so hopefully every team is trying to be competitive. But Howard has has impressed, and I think that he's going to get enough rebounds, enough scoring, and probably enough blocks to continue being a, a versatile, high-priced center option for most lineups. Yeah, we talked a little, bu- a little bit about him earlier in the pod when I mentioned he had like eight points in the last game, but had 22 boards and four blocks. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that was 45 FanDuel points for a game he barely didn't even reach double-digit scoring. Um, so I think there's a ton of upside for him. And then, of course, I have Jacob Pertle, uh, who I have to try and run through his name as fast <laughs> as possible. Going against the Warriors at 40 and 100, you can do worse than that. Again, looking for 25 FanDuel points, that's all it is. Even if the, the Warriors go a little bit smaller and they have to take Pertle out, um, I expect that he gets enough minutes to be able to get that 25, 30 Fanduel point range. That's all I'm looking for because I'm hoping that Kevin Durant goes off and I'm expecting Mr. John Wall to go off too. So uh, that really does it about for us on the Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. Of course, a couple of notes before we sign off. If you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Again, Ben loves those compliments so much. I do. He likes he likes seeing quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, it makes him smile, especially when he's chugging away on the late night NBA D, uh, well DFS notes, but just notes as a whole. Right, NBA. a little breaking news action. Yes, and then obviously po- this podcast is sponsored by Fangle, but they have a fantastic um, DFS site currently. I- clean quick easy to use um we've talked about quite a bit now on the monday and wednesday nba dfs podcast but it's definitely my dfs site to go to um and yeah we uh we just set up a friends game on on fanduel too yes, that you can do i avoided do. that yeah. I, avoided, <laughs> I avoided doing that because and not because i don't like using fanduel but because i always struggle you guys you all get the benefit of being around the computer at six o'clock seven o'clock True, especially on comes. breaking news wires when we're getting all the uh the, the feed exactly info there. And i'm done with work about two hours early <laughs> so i'm like uh well maybe i'll put up oh, shoot and that's already done i think i already missed it i was trying to get some free money off you but exactly I, i'm not falling for this i, I did it last year <laughs> i'm not doing it again so no i 
Love that idea. I love the friends option too. Yeah, definitely one of my other. favorite features on on FanDuel. It, it's great, I, and I like the head to head too. There, I think there's a lot of different right. viability options with that. So, um, a free six month Rotoware subscription plus a free entry into that cross category NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. Hey. Uh, if it's your first deposit on FanDuel, um, one million dollar in cash prizes for the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker. We've got a ton of NFL DFS podcasts out there. Again, shameless plug. I do a podcast with Joe Pisapia every Monday. We break down the NFL DFS action, but you, of course, have us for NBA hey. DFS action Monday, Wednesday. If you're interested in that free six-month subscription, make sure to head over to FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. That, again, does it for us for the NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Ben, where can the people follow you at on Twitter? You can get me at Benman Doing Work. Still the best Twitter handle at RotoWire, and you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. That does it for us, and we'll be back again Monday. Peace out. <laughs>